podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there, welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washing, your independent Derby County fans podcast. At the end of another busy, dramatic week for the Rams, which leaves us six unbeaten by my count across all competitions. I am Richard Kutcher and with me today is Anton Martin. Anton's fresh from a nervy World Cup uh, T20 final. Yeah, hey Catch. Well, um, not quite the relaxing Sunday morning that we uh, <laughs> normally like, but uh, yeah, what a win in the end. Feels a bit weird to start a podcast after a 3-1 win in Milton Keynes with cricket, but you can't really do much else when you've just won a, a world final, can you? No, exactly, exactly not. And stepping in for his SBW pod debut is Chris Smith, also a big cricket fan and also known as C Space Ram on Twitter and his own Derby County blog. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Good. Really good to have you on. The few times I do have the pleasure of bumping into Chris, it is usually in Derby Brewing Company's Tap House on Derwent Street. And Steve Burns Washington is delighted to be supported by DBC for another season. So do get down there or any other of their five great venues across the city and county. There is a lot to unpack from the past seven days, of course. But Chris, you were at both Stadium MK and Anfield. I think a combined 12,000 odd away supporters across the two games which is pretty impressive as far as back-to-back away experiences go Chris where does kind of that Wednesday Saturday combo stand for you well I was thinking about that when um, when you mentioned it and obviously it's easy to throw up kind of you know individual you know big away days um, I think back-to-back I mean I suppose the most recent one I'd throw up was probably and I, and I actually mentioned this on Twitter before the game as a bit of a you know red uh, red flag really was when we when we beat United away in the Lampard yeah. season and we had a very winnable, nice away trip to Bolton, which again, new stadium, nice away end. And they were doing awful at the time. And uh, I think I, I don't think we took the numbers, obviously, that we uh, we took to these two games. But I remember those two and um, and obviously we fell flat on the face at Bolton. So uh, it was yeah. nice to uh, nice to get the job done yesterday. Yeah. And I think um, I, I saw that tweet you said, you know, a kind of a warning sign. And I felt a bit the same going into, into yesterday's match. Did it? might just be a you know a step too far which is a bit of the cliche mk had, had put a bit of a run together after starting the season poorly but it was ultimately uh, a professional job getting those three points and continuing a little bit of a run now in the league um and it was of course i think the most important game of the three matches in the last week with the fa cup game the league cup game and then the league game i think our focus has to be on the league this season but Derby did win against Milton Keynes, 3-1, having gone behind. Goals from Hayden Roberts, James Collins and Nathaniel Mendes-Lang put the Rams into the playoff places at the end of the day. But it didn't start great. Uh, an open first half looked like it would end with Derby going in behind after MK broke straight from our corner with Louis Barry rounding Wildsmith to capitalise on some poor defending. We'll get the negative out of the way first because there's lots of positives obviously to come to, Anton. Are we always, I, I, when I saw that that break from our corner, I kind of wondered, are we always that open from our own corners? Or was it just a case of a bit of a freak, Corey Smith getting sucked in 
beaten a bit too easily. Anton, how did you view that that goal we conceded? Yeah, it's quite an interesting one. So, I mean, when, when I saw it, it's it's easy to go a little bit over the top on reaction to that kind of goal. But I, I actually watched some of our other corners back after that because it, it's the first time I've noticed us being that open from um, one of our own corners. But we, we're consistently getting seven players into the box plus another one on the edge and obviously another one taking the corner so we're we're only keeping one man back and that ultimately is going to lead to the odd chance for the opposition but you kind of balance that with the fact that we're getting loads of men into the box and looking much more dangerous from corners and we obviously scored from a corner yesterday and it's I think it's just a, a tactical risk that the coaching staff must have put in place yes we could have defended that situation much better I think yesterday um, but as a as a one-off hopefully uh, it, it it kind of leads to more goals for than it will against. Yeah we'll come on to a, a goal scored from a set piece in a second obviously. I think I've noticed before that yeah Corey Smith is back and Nathaniel Mendes Lang is often kind of somewhat he's not normally in the box himself he's normally just outside the box picking up pieces and he's obviously quick for to recover on the counter-attack but yeah we're getting him into the box. I know that on the cross side of that, when we're defending set pieces, Paul Warren is very passionate about we have everyone back, you know, either in the box or on the edge of our box as well. So he probably sees it as a, as a risk willing to take, as, as you say, Anton. Chris, when that break did materialise, when we lost the ball from the corner, was it obvious to you from the away end looking at it that we were in trouble pretty quickly? It was weird because it was it was actually it, it took a long time because he ran from re- he was through from almost in his own half so yeah it was quite an odd thing that you don't see very often where someone's running on your goal from such a long way out and I think based on recent history my main thing was like don't take him out <laughs> you know because I was fully expecting yeah, yeah. someone to take him out or Wildsmith to take him out and penalty red card and like oh my word here we go again but uh, weirdly you know Louis Barry's uh, a good player so it was almost like the better of two evils that he actually went you know put it away and didn't even blink did he but yeah quite an interesting team mk really and without you know going way off topic but let's say they've got some interesting players haven't they with you know will grigg and louis barry and mckechran and isa the sub who you know was recently you know a a big signing for peterborough and in the final third and uh they look really sharp but you know kind of midfield they were average and I think defensively they were bad and they were trying to play um, I'll call it resignable but uh, we'll no doubt talk about that later on but they were that type of passing out we, we took the ball off them three times in the first 10 minutes from their goal yeah. kicks and could have made more of it but yeah Louis Barry good player and uh, I think him going off actually was a, was a thing as well I don't know if he was injured or if it was a tactical switch but yeah he, he was uh, he was certainly lively yeah I, I was impressed with MK Dons yesterday to be honest I, I don't think we've made, faced too many better opposition so far in League One this season and their position fourth from bottom at the moment is certainly a false one I would say and I, I would be surprised if they don't shoot up the table fairly quickly if, if they continue to perform in, in that way because I mean certainly first half it was very even it could have easily we could have easily gone in a goal down uh, into half time which might have might have made the second half uh, quite a different story so they were they were a good side and I mean the fact that we looked so assured after going a goal down and, and came back to win fairly comfortably in the end. Obviously, it helped getting a goal immediately after their first one. But it's it's testament to, to how Paul Wands set us up, both kind of away from home and once we go goal down. Because I don't think under previous managers over the last few years, we'd have looked that comfortable. 
No, no, absolutely. And I think uh, I think you're right, Chris, to highlight that the, the pressing was definitely the play very early in the game. I think I think Paul Warren's game plan probably would have been to try and nick something or put a seed of doubt in their mind early on. Because we did we did have a bit of success pressing and a, a, a few half chances came came from it. I think naturally that kind of we probably suffered a bit from the, the week we've had. Probably didn't continue that throughout the whole game. And obviously we didn't need to do it as much in the second half once we got the lead. But as you say, Anton, we, we Derby reacted immediately from going behind. Hayden Roberts getting his first goal for the Rams, towering over everyone and, and emphatically getting on the end of a Harahan corner. Uh, I was quite pleased for Hayden Roberts because also his name is actually the same name, Hayden. Hayden the Womble is the AFC Wimbledon mascot who I've had the pleasure of interviewing before so that's a nice little dig there at the MK I don't call them the Dons because they shouldn't be called the Dons but it was nice for Hayden Roberts to get his first goal how much of a lift Chris did that give to the away end um, and wh- whereabouts were you sat Chris in the away and what was your view of the game yeah I was sat kind of upper tier um, sort of towards the big scoreboard so uh, if you if you sat behind the goal like you, you're looking at the goals to my right um, underneath us so we were pretty much above you know when you saw all the mad celebrations yeah for the third goal in the corner we were yeah we we're pretty much above that but yeah I mean that equalizing so quickly were, 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 was key really because we'd also just had that goal ruled out which I, I, I still don't see how that was ruled out but uh, and I've watched it back a couple of times but yeah I think that that just took the wind out of their sails a little bit didn't it and cliche but gave us a little booster going into half time and we weren't terrible in, I mean I read a few things online where mm. you know when I got home where obviously people had gone a bit early on Twitter and like oh I miss Liam Rossignor <laughs> and this is woeful and what you know. saw that <laughs> yeah and I, you know and I was like well yeah he, he sort of he not got rid of all of that and um, as I say if there was any hangover from kind of the Liverpool game that that gave you that second wind and it it sort of got us in on an even kill we didn't deserve to be behind I don't think and you know I know Wildsworth had a couple of good saves earlier on but and it gave Warner a, a better a better platform I think to implement something in the second half because obviously if it's 1-0 and he tries to go on the front foot you leave yourself open and you go 2-0 down then you've definitely got a problem so um, yeah yeah, I, I would say it was pivot it was cracking header as well I mean I can't remember yeah. the last time I saw someone you know head the ball that hard like across the keeper you know like sort of take it away from the goalie into the other side net. You know, normally people are running in and just heading it the way they're running or straight forward. And uh, yeah, I, I just thought the power he got on that to head it across the keeper, it was, uh, yeah, it was a cracker. That was a re- really good header. Yeah, I thought uh, both him and Collins's finishes were, were actually pretty maybe underrated in the moment. I think when 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 Roberts is, I was watching on Ram TV because I was obviously in Thailand yesterday. And um, when, when Hayden Roberts knocked that ball in from the corner, Owen Bradley seemed quite surprised it had gone in, actually. It was a bit of a delayed reaction because I think you're right. It did kind of go the opposite way to where you might expect it to go. But he does, he manages to get on top of like three MK players in the crowd. And, and it's really, it was really a, a real good physical effort, I think, to even get onto the end of it, let alone power it into the back of the goal. And I thought, Anton, that our set piece delivery, mostly from Connor Harahan, was pretty good all game, actually. And I thought it's nice to see us consistently threatening from from those situations across across the last few games. I think Louis Sibley's been good on set pieces recently. I think Max Bird's a bit hit or miss, but I thought Connor Harrowin had a really good day from the dead ball situations. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. We've, we've been much more threatening in, in recent games and, and yesterday was a good example of that. Actually, the, the only one which wasn't a good delivery probably led to their goal, to be honest. But we, we did yeah. threaten. Um, obviously, that, there was the, the Dobbin disallowed goal which Chris mentioned a moment ago which was quite a nicely worked kind of short corner routine and the the Roberts goal as well it, it kind of comes back to to both the, the delivery being good but also the point I made earlier around getting a number of of men into the box which just 
causes a bit of chaos, causes a bit of panic in, in the defence and creates those opportunities like the the one we saw of James Collins a couple of weeks ago. It's hard to pick up seven men in the box when, when you've kind of got little routines, you, you've got a decent delivery from Harahan and it's, it's nice to see us actually scoring goals from corners for once. Yeah, on that Dobbin disallowed goal, Anton, what was your view on it? Well, Chris said he he's not sure why it was disallowed. I there isn't. I haven't really seen a good angle or a good replay to kind of no. tell one way or the other. There's a still that I think uh, Dom Dietrich from BBC Derby Sport posted where Dobbin appears to be offside just before the ball was crossed in. That doesn't necessarily mean he was offside when it was. I wondered at the time if it was actually Conor Harahan who was offside in the build-up when it came back to him from the short corner. That's interesting. I didn't actually look at that. Um, I was. I must have seen it about. 10, 10 yeah. to 12 times and couldn't really decisively um, say either way whether it was offside, to be honest. It's it's a marginal one and the camera angle that we get and also the it's, it's very much kind of off off camera when Harold yeah. Han's about to step up, so it's quite difficult to see. So it's one of those that can go either way. I, I wouldn't really spend much time moaning about it too much because you get some of those and, and you don't get others. Well, we don't get most of them, but um, oh, yeah, <laughs> the, <true>. other, <laughs> the other linesman did have a try to rule out James Collins's goal, but thankfully the referee spotted it. It was in fact Bradley Johnson who had nodded on Derby's set piece and it was a really brilliant kind of swivel volleyed finish from Collins on his on his left foot, Chris. Um, was that the biggest limbs of the day? Biggest limbs of the day for Collo's goal or biggest limbs of the day for the final Mendes Lang? No, I think Mendes Lang was biggest limbs of the day because uh, Collins was a bit of an odd one because it was almost like a, <laughs> it was almost like a bit of a VAR uh, uh, an accelerate because yeah. ex- he sort of scored the liner put his flag up, everyone saw it and then the ref overruled him so it was like a, a, a kind of an exaggerated or accelerated whatever the right word is, VAR kind of situation. Yeah. But Collin, Collins actually actually did one that probably got a bit lost in the post but just before the penalty the second penalty incident at Morecambe there was one where Collins did something similar from further out where he kind of swiveled at an angle and smashed it against the bar didn't he for just before the uh, the second pen incident which was which would have been an absolute world if he'd have put that one in so he's obviously got agility and uh, a bit of dexterity in, in the area as well as all his all his other uh, you know his kind of rough and tumble antics but yeah it was um, cracking finish yeah as you say when I, at the game I probably didn't really realise how good a finish it was you know yeah. but yeah when I saw it back it was uh, it was a really smart one it was just instinctive wasn't it I yeah. think Anton it was he yeah. just kind of he kind of jumped straight onto it in that, that, that kind of a, a sign of a man who absolutely is banging form yeah definitely I, th- I think he's probably the only person in the Derby team who could have scored that goal to be honest because it kind of coming over his shoulder on his on his left foot Really nice finish, um, and yeah, as you say, shows a man in form. Um, it was good refereeing, actually. I'd like to call out a bit of good refereeing. It doesn't happen very often. The easy yeah. call would have been to agree with the linesman and rule that one out. So it's nice to see them actually get something right and it go in our favour for once. Well, thankfully, the referee obviously was concentrating and looking at the ball, and I would have clearly seen Bradley Johnson uh, make contact with it for it to go back across. The linesman, you can understand the linesman. The, his view, he probably can't see who knocked it on, right? But as you say, Anton, it's it's the referee did notice it and was yeah. I guess I don't know if brave is the right way to put it, but was brave enough to uh, to actually overrule it and and let uh, scenes continue. So 
Then, of course, we've got the goal from the big man to see, seal things off. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. I know that this uh, new chant has gone viral about Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. I quite like it. The thing I most like about it is it actually says his full name because we, we, he's one of those players that you do have to full name him for some reason. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. It's never just <laughs> Mendes-Lang. It's always Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. So, uh, yeah, really good goal for Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. Was it the directness that really made that goal, Anton? Because we, we see that he's always he's always ready to beat his man. He, he got the, a good return from Matt's bird and he just kept driving towards the goal yeah um I think there were probably a few tired legs in the Milton Keynes back line to be honest and I mean I'll come back to Mendes Lang in a minute but actually I thought it might might have been the first time that we've seen the benefits of Paul Warren's kind of fitness regime um because mm. first half they did match us more or less and and second half we looked a completely different team and I, th- I think that was largely down to the energy that we we had that extra bit of intensity and and the fact that MK tired in the second half and, and that goal was uh, a really good example of that but it, it was a brilliant goal all round it was a really swift counter Mendes Lang doing what he does best nice little exchange of passes with I th- think it was Bird in the middle and how about that for a turn from a, from a big man I, I described it as sensual in our, our yeah. Discord channel um, which <laughs> I, I think is I, I still still stand by that one it was um, a very very lovely turn and, and a brilliant finish as well I saw a really good video of the the fans last night celebrating that goal which was the the main story from that video but it was perfectly in line with the finish and it, it's easy to overlook that it was a really tight angle and he, he had yeah. a defender and the goalkeeper to beat from that angle and it, he finished it with a plum so it was a really good finish after a really good run and turn from the big man. Chris, when was the last time you saw a winger that is just so consistently going to beat the fullback or beat his man? I'm struggling to think. I'm probably going back to see McLaren days with one of those wingers, but I don't know. He's just You just kind of expect him now and, and urge him on to go every single time at the fullback, don't you? Definitely one of those guys when the ball goes to him, you know, you, you're on your seat. I mean, I suppose, I think probably Jordan Ibe, perhaps, someone like that, you know, because yeah, he's got that... In his first spell. Yeah, because he's probably got that... Foot, he's got the similar kind of pace plus physicality you know, I quite like Patrick Roberts. I, I enjoyed his little cameos. He was one a guy when he got the ball, you kind of well, oh, here we go, you know, because you thought he could go past someone, but obviously he just didn't have the physicality. But Mendes Lang, yeah, like I, Ibe's first spell, he was unplayable at times, and I feel like at this level, Mendes Lang's similar. I mean, that guy. I mean, I've got to just give a quick shout to Max Bird on that goal because again, what probably may, may may or may not have come across the TV. When the ball comes inside to Bird from Mendes Lang's initial burst, we, we've got overload, we've got massive overload on the back post. Um, mm. There was Asula, McGoldrick, possibly, Ro- no, not Roberts. Um, maybe Sibley was just sort of looming behind them as or well. Thompson, maybe. Yeah. yeah, and we had a massive overload. And the obvious ball was the room to roll it out to Didzi, who would then roll it to Asula, who would then roll it in the net. But yeah, just having the bravery and the confidence in Mendes Lang to uh, you know play that vertical ball into him, and it, it reminded me a little bit of his Plymouth goal, you know, where he got the ball in a massive rook of yeah. players and just kind of pirouetted, and nobody could do anything about it. And but yeah, I mean, as Anton just said there, and I, I, again, it's one of those things you don't appreciate it so much at the game. But similar to the Collins goal, I didn't realise what a good finish it was until because I just thought he turned the guy at the game, opened the old goal up, and just thrashed it home. And then when you saw it 
play back. He actually had quite a lot to do, didn't he, with the uh, with the finish? Mm. But he uh, yeah. yeah, he took it away, and uh, all was all was well in the world. Yeah, I, d- I just think he's unplayable at times in this division, and uh, absolutely, and that's why I never want to see him playing right wing back. I just think he gets the ball way too deep. We want to get him. The, we want him to be getting the ball in the final third, or at least in their half. And he's just he's our biggest threat from open play uh, for me completely. So uh, he needs to be you know, keep getting in, into those positions, and hopefully Paul Warren will keep getting him into those positions. Uh, a few other points in the game in general. Then Jake Rooney's league debut. I thought he looked a little bit nervous, possibly in the early stages, and there were a couple of tentative interventions, but broadly did not put a foot wrong I think he won the quite a big towering header in the lead up to uh the panel Mendes Lang's goal actually it was it was his header in, in the box that won it and went to Corey Smith and then Corey Smith then released him but I thought broadly he had, he had a really good game Anton what was your view of him yeah I, I think it was a really assured performance as you say there were a couple of nervy and potential naive moments giving away a couple of free kicks which were slightly questionable but maybe with a bit more experience you might not give the referee a decision to make with some of those but generally I thought it was a as league debuts go for for centre-halves I thought it was brilliant as you say he made some really important interventions in the box made a few really good tackles and and blocks and headers and looked looked like he'd been playing for for 20 games to be honest and and it's really nice to have that option at center back we've we've discussed uh, the limited options that we have currently but it's nice that we don't have to rely on all our uh, OAPs week in week out with mm. this busy schedule talking of, of Rooney I w- wanted to shout out Fozzie as well because he, he was I thought he was absolutely superb yesterday Sean Barker actually gave him man of the match which I totally agree agreed with um He's he's been brilliant since he came in a few games ago. I think that's his fourth straight league start. And given the the situation and the fact that he's playing centre half, and he was the senior pro leading someone on his uh, league debut yesterday, um, he he's been superb. Yeah, Chris, where do you stand on the the centre back options we've got at the moment? Because it seems to me like Paul Warren doesn't really fancy steam, and he's put Jake Rooney in ahead of him. This weekend, as Anton said, Craig Forsyth was was brilliant yesterday. He's been, I think, very assured the last few games at centre-back. He obviously has played there before, but looks to me like he's grown into that role even more than previously. Presumably, Aaron Cashin should be coming straight back into the team on Tuesday night and, and back in the league next Saturday. Presumably, we haven't still got Curtis Davis and James Chester for a while. So, Chris, where do, how do you kind of assess the centre-back options? Well, I thought that we'll go through them. I mean, I, I saw Stearman play two or three times in pre-season and I, I thought he'd looked done. He struggled and um, yeah. immediately when I saw him, I just thought this is maybe a season too far. And I think the fact that he's figured so much less than he did last year probably tells you that people are seeing that on the training ground as well. So he seems to be you know, chief cheerleader now and defensive coach because he started warming the defenders up before the game as well. Stearman has mm, so he gets involved in that and but yeah Rooney I think is interesting as well because again he he played really well in the two Carling Cup games Mansfield away and uh, West Brom at home he played really well in fact Adoro as well Adoro had a bit of a mare at Mansfield but played brilliant against West Brom but I just thought Warren didn't fancy either of them because you know the, yeah. it's well documented the team's um, size is um, he's been stretched and uh, you know some people are you know he keep well he openly talks about you know, people he needs to give people a rest but he can't but then he has them two sat there and they never they never get a sniff do they you know and um, he, I just thought well he didn't fancy him but then uh, as I say, fair play. He played well. 
I don't know if you heard Richie Barker's piece afterwards, but they they said they actually said they put him in because he played. He was apparently he was amazing in training on Thursday, and Richie Barker was saying it's not something we do very often but he said he's a good guy and you know it's sort of you know he turns up every day and he does his thing and blah 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 and he said on training on Thursday he just we felt like he just stepped up a level and we just sat in the meeting and just said let's give him a whirl so it was almost like he got in almost by default even on Saturday but yeah I, I, he's got something about him for sure it's um he's a, he's a decent player but yeah I've got to agree with Anton Foz was I think Foz at Liverpool and yesterday was unreal you know just but it actually suits him I think with Warren's sort of style of play obviously he, he yeah. Again, well documented. He wants his, he said himself, fullback's the hardest position to play for in my teams because you need to be up and down, up and down. And obviously, Foz is at a certain stage of his career. You know, I, I think he looks great as centre back, I've got to say. And uh, with um, as controversially as Kurt looked the same player this season, I'm not sure he has. You know, I'll cut him a little bit of slack and say, you know, he's never really quite got going because of his injuries and what have you. But I certainly haven't seen him as the dominant force when he has played that he was before. And uh, yeah, you know, for me, Foz and Cash at the moment are the are the boys. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree agree of all of that. I think I, I think Steve, uh, Richard Stephen has been very poor this season. I think, yeah, probably one season too many. Curtis Davis, as you say, has struggled to get going. He's had, you know, more niggly kind of injuries than he has had in, in more recent seasons. I think that's just going to keep holding him back. I think, when James Chester comes back and fit, he'll be another good option to have in there or could be a right-back option. I agree with you, Chris. I, I, I mean, Anton has said this a few times before. I'm surprised that Aduro hasn't been given more of a chance. I thought, you know, there's always trade-offs in every team. And if you can, maybe if you're a bit worried about something defensively regarding Aduro at right-back, you might then gain by having Corey Smith or Jason Knight in midfield. So I'm glad he's given Jake Rooney a go. Hopefully Aduro can, can step up in training as well, stake a claim and, and, and get a chance because we need all the bodies we can get. We need bodies that the, the management's... Uh, staff trust and want to give games to because yeah I think jury's out as to whether we'll find what we need and what we're looking for in a January window with the restrictions we have so I think Rooney is a big big plus that he's come in who kind of proved himself in that game and he's now a good viable option to have but as you say cash and coming back in I imagine uh, this week coming up with Craig Forsyth and then we can wait to see what other bodies we get back so in the second half we'll talk about liverpool and a bit of formation chat but before the break a quick nod to our latest exclusive podcast over on patreon where chris our usual chris caught up with craig bryson to discuss what it's like to retire from football we also couldn't resist asking about a certain hat trick on behalf of all derby fans like what was uh, what was better did that did the uh, winning two trophies in scotland top the hat trick against forest we never thought that will it <laughs> we never thought that, but no, I think I think being Scottish um, and growing up, you always watch the Scottish Cup final. That's like the main the main cup up here, obviously, just like the FA Cup down in England. But when I came back to Scotland uh, and I signed for St Johnson, if you told me I was going to win the cup double, then I wouldn't have believed you. Obviously, the cups are usually dominated by the old firm up here, but it was just quite weird um, the way it was. But it was actually it was incredible just to win the Scottish Cup. So if you fancy hearing the full chat with Bryso, head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomers Washing to sign up, get bonus welcome gifts and help support the podcast. It's Wilson who takes! Goodness gracious me! That is quite something! Romero rooted to the spot! The Derby fans in a corner of Old Trafford go absolutely delirious. Hi, I'm Mart Poom, and you are listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. 
Let's go to Anfield then, where a heroic effort with a stretched squad saw us take the holders Liverpool to penalties after a nil-nil draw. Now, unfortunately, I'm gonna going to shamelessly name drop here and say that the reason I couldn't make it to Liverpool was because I was actually having dinner with the Prime Minister of Luxembourg and I could have caught the end. <laughs> Anton, you didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. You've kept that one quiet. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite an interesting evening, but um, I, I could have caught the end, but surprisingly, it, it wasn't being shown on Lux TV. Uh, but Chris, again, you were there. Were we good value for a draw? Lucky to get to Pens, or, or was that late Dave McGoldrick the chance, that, the kind of regrettable chance to win it? Yeah, well, you, you talk about limbs earlier on, and uh, I think if he'd have headed that one in with three minutes to go in front of the end, that that would have been the greatest limbs of all time, never to be beaten. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think I could have walked out of the ground and jumped in the Mersey after that and not gone to another game again, and uh, you know, I would have been happy. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it was. Um, oh, we were definitely good value for the draw. I mean, you. you it's Liverpool away. You, you've got to ride your luck. You know, we're League One. You know, they're who they are, accepted. You know, they're, they're under-21s, but clearly they're under-21s, as you can well imagine, uh, you know, are uh, no slouch. And again, because it's Klopp as well, it, there wasn't even the physical thing. So sometimes you see, like, under-21 teams and you can bully them a bit or get amongst them a bit. And they were strong, you know, and there was Joe Gomez and there was Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, Simicas and people like that. And then, obviously, with the... He, he dropped the big good boys on with 30 minutes to go. And uh, yeah, <laughs> next thing you know, Foss is marking Firmino and <laughs> the, 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 the things you never thought you'd say, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and uh, things like that. So, um, but no, we were definitely good value. I mean, as I said, Wildsmith was brilliant. You, you know, all the things you've read, I guess. Wildsmith was brilliant. Organisation was brilliant. Concentration was brilliant. The atmosphere was unreal. The, the away end at Liverpool was unbelievable. Yesterday was, yesterday took a bit to get going, I think, because it was a bigger support and it was probably a little bit more family friendly because it's a Saturday and it's MK and stuff. You know, Wednesday night, it was it was like old school ground as well. So you, you had a bit of a roof. So the noise was really um, amplified. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere at Liverpool was unreal. But we had some good chances. I mean, in say, second half, uh, obviously you saw the Didsy one. Max Bird had a great chance that broke to him in the box. Dobbin had a good running on goal. But yeah, we were definitely good value for the draw. I think. I think we 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 obviously had a little bit of luck, but yeah, I think we we, we more than deserved it. I thought it was uh, it was tremendous performance, and it was one of those as well. Like when he went to Pens, we you know I was saying to everyone around, well, yeah, this is fine. You know, if we if we win, it'll be amazed. If we lose, you know, it's it's you know it was all glory and no death. You know, and uh, when we lost, we were devastated because we, when we went one nil up after the first round of Pens, I thought flipping out, we're going to beat them, and then uh, yeah, and I don't even think our Pens were that bad. Even watching them back at the game, it didn't strike me that were terrible the ki- the killer one was who rans i mean he, the second put because we were one nil up uh, and we were taking first obviously in front of our fans and i think if who ran bagged his the second pen put us two nil up the pressure on the kid who came up for the second one for them would have been unbelievable and i think we could have taken them but that for me without wishing to point fingers that was the killer one and i, I say for all the world i thought he was going to hit it kind of with his left foot across the keeper and just sweep it into the corner and for whatever reason he went the other way and the keeper went right way and uh, that was that but yeah no amazing night Wednesday great performance and definitely good value for the draw yeah you mentioned Harrahan there I mean Anton you feel for Lewis Dobbin as don't you because he was obviously buzzing and, and really up for playing against Liverpool at, at Anfield of course being on loan from Everton I think he you know posted some social before the game and he, he will be personally devastated to to miss from the spot but I think we might have expected better from someone like Conor Harrahan who is obviously such a good striker of a dead ball. Were you, were you surprised to see him miss hands on? Yeah. Um, and 
I mean, given his experience as well and, and the number of uh, kind of big games he's played in, you wouldn't have expected the, the pressure to have got to him too much. You can kind of understand it a little bit more with some of the young guys who are playing at a, a big stadium like that for the first time. I wonder if the, the kind of situation definitely uh, worked against Dobbin um, in terms of it being against Liverpool, um, which is a bit of a shame. Maybe maybe not the best person to choose to take a penalty, but it's, it's easy to say in hindsight, mm. isn't it? There were a number of poor penalties actually from, from, from both sides. Wild Smith made, I can't remember if it was one or two really good saves. He, he came off his line a little bit which uh, wasn't flagged up by by the linesman surprisingly but you, you can't really complain too much about going down on penalties against Liverpool um, the fact that we've picked up a, a result if you put the penalties aside against a, a good team like that and although they did make changes it was still a good team as Chris mentioned they had players who came off the bench they had the likes of Gomez and Oxlade-Chamberlain on from the start it's a bit of a bit of a statement performance for us and it will give us confidence going into some of the bigger games in the league the likes of Portsmouth next week we've fared well against some of the lower teams in league one under Warren and come up come away with some some very positive victories but we, we're yet to have that statement win in league one and the confidence that we'll gain from from picking up a draw at Anfield will only help with that. Yeah, the cup, cup runs are a real funny one in a, in a, in a, for a team like Derby and a club like Derby in the situation we find ourselves in in terms of we're obviously desperate to get out of League One. The league has to be the priority. We've got a small stretch squad. We've got an injury crisis. It's You know, you kind of don't really want the extra games. You definitely wouldn't have wanted that replay against Torquay. But then you get a moment like Anfield, Chris. And yeah, we, we went down and we lost. And in, in some ways, you could say it's a blessing we're out the cup. Obviously, you would have wanted the win. But the, the, the event and, and the way that they play and, and what they achieved by taking Liverpool to nil-nil, like you think that should stand us in good stead for the coming weeks. So I always find cup runs a, a bit of a contrast of emotions in terms of what you really want to get out of them. Yeah, I mean, I personally hate it when we put... I mean, I understand it, but I hate it when we put weakened teams out in cup games. And um, But yeah, I, th- I think the Torquay replay was reasonably catastrophic because we could have... We, could, we just could have really done without this game on Tuesday, couldn't we? But And we could have won it, right? We, could, we, could, we were tuned up. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I'm un- saying. Yeah. yeah, it was just completely unnecessary. <laughs> necessary and uh that that was i mean and, and did you see they got they got absolutely mullered again didn't they yesterday i think 5-1 by chesterfield yeah especially this year with the world cup because I, I assume the next round of the caribou won't be till the new year so getting through that wouldn't have been a problem at all and equally i would say if we end up playing newport well you know let's beat them and then in the new year when we've got a plethora of new faces hopefully um be a good chance to bed them in so i'm always like yeah you know, come on let's just keep going i mean i get i do get it i understand it and uh yeah I, i'm all for you know let's win and get through and uh you know just keep the, keep the show on the road. So let's just end them with a little bit of general formation chat. Now, I was, Anton and Chris, help me here, because when I watched the game yesterday and I, I, we, were, we were playing four at the back, weren't we? Right, because I saw a few comments about wing yeah. back still, but we were playing, it was very much four at the back. And I, I believe Luis said we did a decent job at left wing back at Anfield on Wednesday as well, but we reverted back to that back four at the back on Saturday. From my view, our better performances... Uh, recently have come when we're we're fought the back. Do we think Warren Chris is still keen to to make three five two work? And what's your view on that? Or, or is all the evidence pointing to to four at the back being the way forward for this team at least for the time being? Yeah, well, I think he's a little bit hamstrung. So I think almost what he what he'd like to do is probably 
I think at the moment he's just being practical. So, um, you know, obviously the Liverpool game, you know, he's getting, he's going to go in with that low block. So five at the back kind of made sense. And then yesterday, obviously, as you were saying earlier, he probably wants to get people like Mendes as high up the pitch as he can because he knows he can hurt them. And uh, I think at the moment, uh, my gut feeling is ultimately he will shift to five at the back because it just feels like that's what he wants to do. But I think at the moment, yeah, you're exactly right. There's absolutely no question that four at the back's working better. And I think the fans like it more. And uh, again, when you've got a player like Mendes Lang, you know, who is definitely one of the most effective players in the league. You need him where he's going to be most effective. And there's no doubt that where he's most effective is on the edge of the opposition's box in a wide position. So I think it's a little bit horses for courses, Richard, at the moment. And uh, I can see him kind of flip-flapping a bit, depending on who's fit, who's available, maybe who the opposition are. It'd be interesting to see what he does at Portsmouth on how much respect he gives them next Friday, whether, you know, to see what he decides to do there. But again, at the moment, and probably with the, this centre-back situation as well, he's probably having a little look at that as well and thinking, well, you know, if with the the people we've got available, he probably doesn't, uh, he probably thinks four's the best option. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be a say, I think Tuesday against Torquay, I expect him to go four and just, try and blow them out of the water and then but Friday at Portsmouth as I say it'll be with them being obviously one of the better teams of the league it'll be interesting to see what he what he shows up with there yeah can't really disagree with any of that really um I, I imagine wing backs will be the priority in January so that Warren at least has the option of playing 3-5-2 because there will be some games where that might work better against certain opposition but we've definitely looked more consistently strong playing four at the back in in recent weeks so at the moment you feel like that is is definitely our best formation I don't think it's faultless though um I mean certainly first half yesterday I think with the four I mean four if you call it four two four the four up top didn't link up perfectly with with the midfield and and the back line to be honest I, I thought we we lacked uh, the kind of number 10 controlling that link-up play. And it was probably because Didzy wasn't playing, Sibley was out wide. So it was it was kind of very reliant on Collins. And I think that was crying out for someone dropping a little bit deeper um, in, in that number 10 role, which is where 3-5-2 can, can help with that kind of link-up play. But when you don't have wing-backs, you, you can't really play a 3-5-2. A, a it's, it's so reliant on those wide positions. And, and we need to be getting the likes of Mendes Lang further up, up the field. So hopefully in, in the majority of cases, un, unless it's very rare occasions, we'll, we'll stick with that four, four at the back for now. Yeah, and I think Corey Smith is a, is a it's a really good right-back option, actually. I, I, mean, I know we'd love to have him as an option in the midfield. And I think the main danger with that a four four two or four two four or four, or four three three at times. I think it's at times it's that. Um, was he Max Bird and Connor Harrow? As much as they're good footballers, we just and I'm a big fan of Max Bird. It does my head in when I hear so much people give him so much abuse. But I just think we we lack control in the middle sometimes when it's when it's Bird and Harrow and we can be overrun a little bit because they're not the cut and they're not really Paul Warren's type of midfielders. I think we've seen signs from Bird that he's starting to really understand what Paul Warren wants from him. And when he does play the ball quicker, and he's a really good pass for the ball. Like we saw that ball to um, to Mendes Lang for the goal. He's been involved. He's had quite a few assists. I imagine he's had more assists actually under. Paul Warren than he did under Liam Rossini in the first half of the first half of the season so far. Um, he set up the goal, I think, for one of the goals for Asula as well when we were at Cambridge away. Obviously set up the goal from the panel Mendes Lang. I just think that I think Max Bird's getting there in this system. I still think him and Harrahan together in the Paul Warren system doesn't quite work. If you can get a Knight or a Smith in there as well, I think that will help. But 
I think Corey Smith has done a done a really good job at right back. So uh, we'll end it there then. Chris, thank you very much for your uh, debut on Steve Bloomer's Washington. Hopefully we'll, we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, anytime, mate, just give me a shout. Fantastic. And Anton, all the best. Cheers, Gutch. Off to celebrate a successful weekend of sport. Very successful weekend of sport. Okay, take care. See you soon. Thank you.